So folks, today I have an incredible treat for the young, the old man or woman born in this country or immigrated here. I have a treat for young professionals, for executives, for people who are proudly serving this country. The folks that represent the engine of America, middle America, I just have a treat for everybody. <laughs> Today, my special guest on our podcast that we are rebranding as At The Podium with Manny Amesqua, my first guest, the one and the only, and the only one that should be the first guest, mm -hmm. the first lady within our home, Samantha Joy Amesqua. Samantha, welcome. This is going to be awesome. It's going to be weird, but it's going to be awesomely weird. And uh, I can't wait to drop these next 45 minutes together with you. You're going to have so much fire, so much love, so much awesome, so many golden nuggets. You're like the female John Dillinger bank robber. Uh, I can't wait to spend these 45 minutes together. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. So every guest... And even though I know the answers to these, every guest on our show has to start off by sharing with, with our listeners your favorite color. Always blue. Always blue. Um, the blue that you have within your suit. Um, it's certainly a happy color. It's a calm color. It's a peaceful color. I, um, I have a very vast wardrobe with that color. Favorite color. Love it. Yes. Love it. Your favorite snack? Hmm. You know, I've been doing intermittent fasting since the fall, so I haven't been snacking a lot. So I eat at 12, 3, and 6. But if I were to snack, I probably, I would probably have an Owen shake or I like my Chomps beef sticks. And I love macro bars. Macro bars. That's what I'm going with. Uh, <laughs> I love it. I eat most of her snacks, as you all can tell. Um, and lastly, your favorite childhood superhero. I don't know. I don't know that I have one as I was growing up. I think right now I would say I'm kind of digging Black Widow. Like I, you know, we watched her movie the other night and I don't know. She's pretty like she she's she kills it. Like It's OK to say kick ass. Yes, yes. She, she's absolutely like a badass woman. So that's how I think just in, you know, in the tone of, um, you know, our discussion today, she is. She emulates a lot of things that I would say um, that, that I can really resonate with. It lands for me. So I, you know, so I've been so excited and yet like somewhat hesitant for us to have today together, right? We, we kind of kicked the date back about a month uh, last month. And I really think mentally, I, I also needed that extra time to, to ensure that I was going to be a great host to facilitate the conversation that's going to happen today because of so many incredible things that I've intimately observed you accomplish, attack, and achieve over the last 15 years. 
And, and so I wanted to make sure we did this the right way. I love the reference you just made to the Black Widow. And folks, I want you to know this is today's not rehearsed. I love the reference you made to the Black Widow and the fact that she represents in so many different ways uh, a person that men and women can look up to, maybe even glean and learn lessons from and mirror to, to be a great human. And so it takes me to the first topic and the big topic that I wanted us to cover, which is something you taught me a long time ago. Uh-oh. The head of household, the CEO within the home is seriously, especially in the presence of children, the most significant position that exists on this planet. Yes. Go. Yes. It, um, yeah, it is, it, it is, it's a very significant role. Um, and, you know, one of, one of the greatest lessons that I learned having been home for a decade now, it's been 10 plus years that I've been at home is I do not stay at home. I do not stay at home. I work within the home and you know, it, this position that I have, everybody's situation is different. Everybody's family dynamics are different. Everybody's needs, um, you know, whether or not there's a spouse or a partner within the home, everybody's, um, everybody's situation is just so different that you have to really look in to decide what works best for your family. And, you know, as I was making the decision to, to start working within the home, there were a lot of variables that I didn't realize. I mean, I truly thought I would have so much more time than what I have. I thought that um, I would be able to just seamlessly go into the home and I, would, I, I could just handle it all and tackle it all. And that's not the truth. That is not the truth. And, you know, with, with that being said, we don't know what happens behind closed doors. And, you know, as you and I have continued to elevate and really evolve and um, decide what our goals and what our legacy will be for our family, um, there are calls that take place at eight o'clock at night. There's last minute client calls. There's last minute, you last know, night? last night, last night would be an example. And hey, so- y'all, last night I got in trouble in downtown Clarkston, Michigan, uh, because I pulled my phone out three times within 15 minutes. Uh, yeah. while we were having uh, family time. And, and, and look, I, I smile to hide the uh, embarrassment or maybe, you know, guilt. Uh, but yes, and every family's different and that things like that happen so often. So that, you know, again, just really resonates. Yes. And I think, um, you know, it's, it isn't a nine to five job at the end of the day. Now, this is for me personally. I know there's a lot of women and men out there that can, um, certainly um, that resonates with them. And it isn't, I mean, it's weekends, it's evenings, it's late morning, you know, early mornings, it runs the gamut. So, you know, making the decision though, to work within the home was something that I chose to do because I wanted to be the person that influenced my, my family and my children. Um, I didn't think it would be as hard as it is. That's the honest, the God truth. I thought that I, again, I would have more time. It would be easier, but it is a job. And at the end of the day, it is a job. And, you know, whether or not you work within the home, whether or not you work outside of the home or whether or not you work on the home, which I say this frequently and consistently, you are working. 
you are working. And as, as women specifically, we need to learn to support one another. And it doesn't matter what that position is, because at the end of the day, not everyone wants to stay to work within the home. That is the truth. Not everyone wants to do that. And, you know, there's a lot of perspectives. You should be grateful. You should this, you should, well, we'll get to that later about the shoulds, right? I never signed a contract with anyone, but I am grateful, but there are women and there are men who want to work outside of the home too. And that doesn't work for their family. So, you know, my, my, one of my biggest lessons was learning that this is a job. And my mentor is the one that taught me that. She corrected me and corrected me and corrected me. She said, you don't, you don't stay at home. You work within the home. And the moment that we can start changing that narrative to looking at this position as a job is the moment that things within our life will change. How we choose to make time for ourselves. Why self-care is so important. Why investing in yourself is so important. And, and, and taking the time to actually, you know, recharge yourself. So... Thank you for saying that and for sharing all of that. As you know, uh, I adjusted, my vocabulary adjusted, and people notice when I say Samantha works from within the home. Our children, Ava and Atlas, say my mom works from within the home. Uh, My vocabulary adjusted about a decade ago, and that's when you first met Joan, the mentor. And I want to come to her in a minute, but um, I will say it's the mindset though, right? It's the mindset because you've shared this thousands of times with friends that are very near and dear to you and they still don't adjust their vocabulary because they've not adjusted their mindset. And if you don't adjust your mindset, you're definitely not going to adjust your behavior. And if you don't adjust your behavior, then your vocabulary is going to represent that old traditional thinking of, oh, he or she stays home. He or she stays home. He or she has a ton of time. He or she has the life we all want. He, I wish I could do what he or she is doing. And yet all of those are really big assumptions. And the one thing, one great lesson you've taught me through Joan's great work for our family is don't be a mind reader. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Let's talk about that because I, I, I've said it a billion times in my professional and personal life since Joan taught us that phrase. And, you know, I always say I get a zero score for mind reading. You have to tell me what you expect or would like. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So going back really quick to a point that you just made about, you know, changing the mindset. um, I, I think that, you know, that is outside of like the mental component. There's also a relational component to what you just said. And the moment that those that that vocabulary and that mindset shifts for that person that might be working within the home, the dynamic of the partner will also shift too. And what I mean by that is because when you look at it as a job, instead of you stay at home, I feel like it's very common that the stay at home piece then encompasses everything within the home. So if I'm staying at home, then I should take on everything. But if you actually switch the mindset and say, I work within the home and you start to adjust and say, yeah, this is a job, then I believe organically and naturally, the roles will start to shift within the home. Well, if I'm working and you're working, it sounds like we have to tag team and we really need to be a partnership on this on this piece. So I think that's a really important thing to, to point out because it really starts to shift everything within the relationship instead of, well, you do this and I do that and then that's it. 
you both have jobs, don't you? So then you both get to decide what it looks like outside of those timeframes of jobs. So then you're tackling the responsibilities. Okay. So before you go into mind reading, because you just took us down another rabbit hole of thought I had, and it's, do you remember there was something that happened to us almost 10 years ago Hmm. when you first made the transition to work from within the home and take over as CEO of our home? Yes. And there was a moment where there was a conversation with another individual about income and how certain things are purchased. Tell us that story quickly. And because that, I really saw that first, that was the first time it became apparently obvious to me that you work all day, I work all day. The difference is I have an employer that is paying me for my hours invested, my attitude, my effort, and my results. And that is the revenue that allows for both of us to work all day and create the quality of life for our family. Tell the story and then maybe expand a little bit on that lesson that I just shared that we took away as a, as, as, as a husband and wife. Yes. So um, I'm glad that you brought that up. I would say my, my biggest lessons in life outside of, you know, uh, pain would be from women. And this is one example that, um, that, that I really um, it's, it's stuck with me and, and in life, you know, people come in and out of your life to teach you lessons. And this was, this was something that I will absolutely never forget. Um, we were at a softball party having a conversation with a, I was having a conversation with a mother who um, worked outside of the home. And we were talking about something that I was going to purchase. And she looked at me and she said, um, how, how, she said, how, um, you don't, you don't have money. So how are you going to buy that? Or how, I think that was the phrase that she used. It was, but you don't, you don't have money or you don't make money. And I was like, no, actually I do. I, I have a job and I work within the home, but she was confused as to, because I worked within the home, why I would have, why I would have money. And so those, those lessons where they've been consistent across the board, that was that was probably the first time that I really, really, truly had experienced the disparity and the gap between women and supporting one another and having that mindset thinking, because I work within the home, I don't have money. She said, I think the, the verbiage was, how do you have money when you don't work? That's what it was. And I was, what do you mean? Of course I work. Like I work within the home. And, um, you know, what I took away from that, I was hurt, of course, <laughs> but what I took away from that was, I will never, ever, ever, ever behave that way. And just because I'm not physically receiving a paycheck from someone, I have every opportunity to spend my money and to make choices as it relates to um, finances. And when you start to look back at literature, I can remember this probably around the same time, the Wall Street Journal talks about women who work within the home at one point that their salary should be 120,000. I'm sure it's gone up since then. 117,000. Well, I think they're a little off. It should be bumped up a little bit, but I'm just teasing. Yeah. I mean, that it really such a powerful lesson um, that I, you know, how did I have money? 
strange. Well, like, well it, it, <laughs> and, it, and you know what? I, I think about how we've, uh, and, and, and look, uh, uh, folks, I, I want to just say I should have provided this disclosure at the very beginning. I'm amped up to host Samantha today because she has an incredible life story. Hmm. And while it's been uh, a roller coaster ride, you know, there's parts of the roller coaster ride that are amazing. They're exhilarating, they're anxiety ridden. And then there's parts of the roller coaster ride that are horrific, like the roller coaster that you and the kids went on with, with Jill Kanapka and, and Alex Joint. And Jill's face was terrified. I thought she was going <laughs> to die on the roller coaster ride. Right. <laughs> but we've lived this life together for two decades imperfectly, mm-hmm. together, yep. apart, imperfectly. But with uh, a genuine, authentic desire to gradually improve year over year, individually, together, as parents, as friends, as partners. And, mm-hmm. and, and let me say this, as business partners. Absolutely. And I say, that, I say that because in any organization, to your last story, in any organization, there's a chief executive uh, officer who's in charge of strategy and departments and the owners of the departments and what great looks like, right? And they're intimately aware of basically the entire organization. And then there's a head of sales. And while that head of sales might have grinding, emotionally painful, rejection-ridden work every single day, like I have throughout my entire career, and I might generate or be able to directly connect to significant revenues brought into the organization. At the end of the day, there's a chief executive officer. And those revenues are the revenues together of that enterprise. And I think that was such a big lesson for me as you went through that year after year after year after year of friends, acquaintances, strangers making commentary that would say, well, you shouldn't have any money because you don't have an employer to employee income stream with yep. your social security number on it. Yes. But it's, it's so far from the reality of what I think partnerships and marriages and and in any intimate relationship like that could be. And it, and in this role within the home is is it is a CEO position. I do run part of the way that I feel like I've been able to set up predictability in the home, which is something that's really important to me. Um, just from a success perspective, in order for you know for me to support you. I do have to run elements of, of our home like a business. And predictability is the, that is the most important word that um, anytime that I've, that I've worked with somebody who's helped support us in the home, it has to be predictable. And because that sets up a framework, right? Like there's a framework within the home and how things are going to get done. There's a framework within the home, how I'm going to be supported. And that predictability is what has really allowed for me to support our business is based on predictability, based on a routine, based on a schedule. And so, you know, what what I'm sharing today can absolutely be applied in the business world. It can be applied into someone else's home. Um, But 
the moment that we start looking at it as a as a job, as a job that we love, as a job that I'm passionate about, as a job that I really give 120% in, I really do. Um, it's not always easy though. And so I think one of the lessons from what I just shared is 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 very applicable in the business world simply because you will you will frequently have two people who have differing views on something, right? Differing opinions on something. You'll find that across the board in the business world in corporate America, and it's how do you how do how do you respond to that, right? So jumping over to the mind reading, you were asking that question, um, and and to just give an idea, Joan has I've I've been with this woman. She's been my mentor and therapist for ten years. I'm a huge advocate for mental health. Um, I absolutely am transparent on why I believe that it's important for people. Um, I, I, I work hard to clear the stigma of, of therapy and mental health as being something that, you know, it, I want it to be achievable. I want it to be approachable for people. And, and, and I want to be clear, this was an outcome. This was another one of those outcomes of the, the income coming into our household is our income. Mm-hmm. And you also deserve, while I've been surrounded by coaches my entire professional career, you also deserve <laughs> to invest in yourself, your infrastructure, the people intimately close to you on a consistent basis in that framework. And Joan, while a foundation in therapy has become much more significant than that, which is why it's been more than a decade long investment, correct? Absolutely. Okay, please continue. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And um, she, you know, she is on the she, mind reading topic on the mind reading topic. Yes. And she came to me. Um, this woman is, is almost 80 years old. She's from Britain. She has this uh, she has this sort of aura and perspective that's spiritual, energetic, but with boundaries. And and really, there there are four things that I've taken away that I consistently try to integrate into my day, into my life. And one of them is mind reading. So on that, you know, on that topic, when we begin to mind read, that's a dangerous place to be in. When we mind read on anything, anything in relationships, anything in the news, any, I mean, we're really setting ourselves up to tell ourselves stories instead of asking questions. And that, that is truly one of the biggest things, one of the biggest lessons that she's taught me, don't mind read, don't assume. And we all know what happens when, when we assume. We make an ass out of you and me. That's always been, you know, the fundamental philosophy. And it, it, it really truly is, is, is such a powerful element and component if we can sit back and just ask questions. Make sure that you confirm instead of mind reading and thinking that you know. What is another lesson that you've taken away? I want to stay on Joan as a mentor for a minute because mm-hmm. then I want to pivot back into again, investing in yourself and other things that you've done to really take you through this decade-long transformation that you've been on, right? I want to get to that, but I want to stay on Joan for a few more minutes. What's another significant lesson that you've taken from Joan that's relevant for the young and the old, man or woman, whatever background they come from? (laughs) Um, Boundaries, establishing boundaries, Talk about that and use, we, we've in the conversation around standards as well, right? Because I think oftentimes when you and I have these discussions and we're working through things personally, professionally, or between each other, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's standards and boundaries, right? The boundaries come as a reflection of maybe someone misinterpreting where the standard or the expectation was, please. 
Definitely. Um, I think, you know, from a, from a standard perspective, um, they, they work hand in hand. And, you know, the interesting thing about boundaries is being, being kind and being clear. Jay Shetty says this, I listened to a podcast with him and he's like, boundaries have to be kind and they have to be clear. And the beautiful thing about boundaries is that you can communicate what it is that you expect what it is that you're seeking and, you know, being soft and, and, and tender with your words, I would say is pretty, you know, is pretty important at the, at the, on, on the onset saying, this is what I'm seeking, right? This is what I need. And, you know, when, when you start to establish boundaries, I will never forget the day that Joan said this to me. She's like, people will be, will be mad. I was like, well, what do you mean? Like, I'm, I'm saying, hey, this is what works for me. This is what I need. Here are my desires. She's like, people are going to be mad. And the, the interesting piece about boundaries is that people who don't have boundaries, most of the time will get offended when you, when you set those boundaries in place. But that's okay. That's okay because the boundaries are set for yourself. And it, it, it isn't always easy and people will cross your boundaries and then you get to choose. You get to choose if you're willing and you're able to step over your own boundary that you've created. But boundaries, you go back to the mind reading, you have to be able to clearly articulate what the boundaries are. And one of the books that I read as I started to work within the home that she recommended was called Parenting with Love and Logic. The same concept, the absolute same concept. And so why it's applicable in our adult life and then also, you know, within, within any setting is being able to say, this is what I expect and here's the consequence. And so we as adults don't necessarily say, if you do this, this will happen. We can, we can do that. And I do think it's healthy to establish depending on the verbiage and how you might, you know, sort of, again, wrap that up more tenderly, but it's boundaries with your children and saying ahead of time. So that's the key. It's ahead of time because when you don't establish a boundary at the onset and say, this is what I expect. And instead you, you, um, you provide what you think is a consequence. It's not effective. You have to establish those things in the upfront because then that person or that child has an opportunity to choose. Do I want to make a good choice or a bad choice? And guess what? that power of choice is on them. So you can sit back freely and peacefully and say, all right, they knew, I told them, now it's on them. Tell, tell the story. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I love this one. You have to tell the story of how Atlas dissects that mm-hmm. uh, because he often says, no, y- you got me in trouble. Oh gosh, yeah. He said it last night, it was funny. He said something about me getting him in trouble. And I was like, no, no, that, that was your choice. Like you're the one that you're the one that chose that. Right. And he, I, I remember actually, I thought the story that you were going to bring up, which is so funny to me and I'll never forget it was when they even Atlas were like three and four years old. And again, I go back to parenting with love and logic. It was this book that like changed the way that I started, well, really set the foundation for how I parented. And I would hold the book up and I'd be, blah, 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 you know, looking. And I can remember this time where, I was serving dinner and they didn't want to eat the food that I was serving. And I said, okay, I said, well, the kitchen is closing. 
and, um, or they didn't like what I was serving. And I said, okay, well, here's your choice. You can either have what I made or you can have ketchup sandwiches. So again, we go back to choice and consequence, right? I set a boundary out. Here's your choice. I said, or you can have ketchup sandwiches. They want to, they, they opted for ketchup sandwiches. I said, okay, cool. Gave them the ketchup sandwiches. And I thought it would bother them. Ava, my daughter was not excited about the ketchup sandwiches. My son asked for more ketchup on the sandwiches. So there you go. There's an, there's, you know, again, choice. You have a choice. Like you get to choose. I, what you choose is none of my business. Like that's one of the things that I've learned too, is like what you think of me and what you choose, that's none of my business. Cause I've already set the boundary. I've already given you the opportunity to choose. Well, and, and let's clarify because you've often said, and, and I, I, did we take this uh, from our dear friends, Matt and Sherry Doby, the question of, do I believe that you were maliciously intending to hurt me? I, I, that, that, that phrase, that, yes. that question that, I mean, that's been, uh, you know, I, and look, I've taken so much from my brother's. Uh, my coaches, my parents, um, other people in my life, especially you. Uh, but when Man Sherry shared that with us when we first moved to Michigan, I was just blown away. I was like, wow, yeah. so many times I've made an assumption Mind reading. and created a storyline that wasn't real. If I had just said to myself, the way I know Samantha would I believe that she would do this to maliciously intend to hurt me? 99% of the times I was upset yeah. would never have occurred. And isn't that part of this conversation we're having, the ability to have some type of checkpoint or filter or moment of pause and reflection before we say, oh, well, it, you know, they did that on purpose. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it, it, you know, again, it goes back to the mind reading, right? Like, but you know, the, one of the other lessons that I've learned, which, you know, is very applicable to what you just said is, is the shoulds, right? So as something happens within our life and we begin to say, well, they should have done this. They should have done that. They should have like, no, 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 no. I got corrected like massively from Joan. She's like, should, oh, do you sign a contract with that person? I don't know how many times that she, so as we, as we engage in these relationships, as we have these conversations, we tell ourselves, right? They should have done this. They should have. No, 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 no. You didn't sign a contract with that person. So no, they shouldn't have. So the moment that we begin to remove that language as well of the shoulds, right? Because we're mind reading most of the time in that and ask the questions and remind ourselves that it, we, we didn't sign a contract with anyone you will start to see the difference and the shift in relationships that you have. So again, I go back to like, uh, what, what's a recap on, the, on, on some of the things that I've learned? The boundaries, the mind reading, the shoulds. We, I've never signed a contract with any of my friends. I've never signed a contract with any of my family. So saying you should do something is not applicable. And the fourth thing that I've learned from her is staying out of people's business. Staying out of people's business. And why is that powerful? Because I, my relationship with a person, with an individual, with an organization is my relationship with that person. I don't need loyalty. I don't need sides. It's none of my business what happens with someone else's relationship. It's my business and what happens with someone in my relationship with them. 
anybody else's relationship, as long as it's not directly impacting me, which is always the fun topic, right? Right. How to, if yeah. it impacts me, if it impacts me, then it can become my problem. Then it can become my problem. But I'm not, I don't have any energy and I have no desire to, to put myself in someone else's business. That's between them. And that's another thing I can, again, it's like, I can remember visually these conversations where she drew a circle, right? It was myself and this person. The, this is the relationship. It's not bringing in this person. It's not, but is it directly impacting me? What might be happening over here? And, and, and really, truly, like those pillars, that foundational concept, those foundational concepts, those have been the things that have really started to change my life in the work that I've done. So you talked about investing, like investing in yourself. Huge topic. Huge topic. Yeah. So I think, I think that was the, the second thing that was really born out of some of those experiences that you were consistently having about a decade ago, right? Was, you know, people... Uh, were, well, how do you get to do that? Or why, why do you have that? And the conversation was really, well, it's, it's all really, the money is shared. It's our household income. That's what it's called. Most financial advisors call it that as well. So I speak from experience. It's household income. It's gross and net household incomes. Uh, the revenues are shared by all folks within the household to different degrees. Every family and business is different. And we have to also acknowledge that, not use words like should, right? Um, we've worked on a monthly allowance system for over a decade. Some people laugh at that. I think it's been absolutely magical and created an ability for us to achieve uh, certain goals and priorities that we've had throughout our lifetime, which it's been a blessing. Uh, but Really, it's when you said, well, the look, if you go to go to work outside of the home every day, mm-hmm. and for that position, you're surrounded by paid coaches, mm-hmm. performance mentors, therapists, yep. nutritionists, yep. right? I'm the executive of the household. Mm-hmm. I, I should have some version of that, even if mine looks different. Absolutely. And I think that was the second biggest thing. And that's the thing that I'll tell you what, you know, in, 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 in client meetings and coaching meetings and internal meetings at the firm with friends, I brought that up so many times because I took that away. And I think that in itself has helped me have such a different mindset around the fact that like, you know what, I'll tell you what, if I have all these coaches, Samantha probably needs this plus five mm-hmm. because yeah. of all the different departments of our life that she heads up. And so talk to us a little bit about the way that you've invested into other coaches, mentors, uh, influences in your life, and maybe share an example of some of those. Sure. Yeah, I think, I think that the, not I think, I know that one of the most powerful things that I have been able to do has been to invest in myself, bottom line. Invest in myself as it relates to having a commitment to my therapist and mentor for 10 years. Even if I, you know, even if I didn't want to go to that meeting. And every Monday at one. Every Monday at 1 p.m. That's exactly right. And you vacations, know what? traveling, airports. Every meeting at one. And sometimes it's more than one time a week. And 
you know, when I read something recently that was that, that really just like resonated with me. And it said, when things start to change internally, things will change externally. So although that going and doing the work, as we would say, I mean, many, many soul sisters that I've met along the way, most specifically within the past, I would say two years, the work is hard. The work is hard. Now, whether or not the depth of work that you do, I've chosen to go really deep because I'm like, I want, I, there's not many things that I don't go full throttle in. I usually go full throttle. <laughs> and hey, hey, Justin Bennett, Doty Road. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Love my dude. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it has changed my life. It's changed the trajectory because I chose to work on me because I chose to say, you know, who was I before the media and people and women said who I should be? Who am I on the inside? And I would not be able to do it without John. Hands down, 100%. I mean, I'm beyond grateful for my, my friend, Jen Samuelson, who introduced me to her. It really has, has, has changed my life. And, and along the way, as I've continued to do this deep work, which again, not everybody has to go deep because you know healing and doing the work is, it's, it's sometimes scary. Right? It's not always approachable. And I, I hope, my, my hope, honestly, and my desire, what I feel like is part of my soul contract on this earth is to help inspire and motivate people to, to do the work um, because I've gone through it and I've done the work to like work on myself, to work on all the things I just mentioned between boundaries and mind reading and standing out of people's business, the shoulds and the no contracts. And I've, I've taken it to a, a lot of different levels, but I'll never forget the conversation that you and I had when I said to you, wait a minute, we spent how much money on coaches? Like you, you have this coach, you have that coach. I, we need, I need a budget. Like I need a budget for this. And, and it's not to say like you, it doesn't have to be um, something that you spend a lot of money on. It could be just time, right? It could just be time that you set aside every single week where you choose to listen to a podcast that's going to help you invest in yourself. It doesn't have to be healing. It could be motivational. It could be inspiring. It could be, you know, how do you surround yourself with women that support you and uplift you? That, you know, your, your investment really is individual. It can look like whatever you want it to look like. And outside of, of my Joan, I also, you know, I also went on a retreat two years ago with my dear friend, Alex Chamel. And he was going on this yoga retreat to Tulum. And I remember it was like the week or two before there was one spot left. I believe very much in intuition. I believe very much in signs. And I was like, oh, dude, I got to go on this. And I didn't know anyone. I knew no one except for him. Um, I stayed in a room with this lovely woman named Jackie. I didn't know who I was going to stay with. And in that, that one retreat that I went on, that that really changed like what I was going to do forward. So I give him a lot of, um, I send him a lot of love because I really like, I connect with him and his girlfriend, Brie on, on, a, on a spiritual level. And that's what really started to, um, to, to really elevate my motivation to, um, to be better. And I truly, there's parts of me where, I, I mean, I get so jazzed up as you know, like listening to motivational videos. And I'm like, I want to surround myself around people who want to be great, who want to. And look, I work within the home and I still have desires. I still have dreams. I still have goals. 
And I want to surround myself around people that are like, yeah, we need to take it up to the next level. Like what more can we do? Well, and, and I, I want to point this out because I think this goes back to the mind reading topic, the shoulds, yeah. uh, the expectations. It goes back to so many of these, but we had this conversation recently where, you know, you made a great comment and you said, how does anyone even know if what I wanted was to work from within the home? Yes. How does anyone even know that? <laughs> I've never gone around and you made it very clear. Mm-hmm. I've never gone around and said, you know what? That's actually the vision I had for my life and I've pursued it. No, right. what I've said is when Ava and Atlas were born, I chose this path, but I've never stated that was my dream. Correct. And, and so I- when people pass judgment, mm-hmm. make assumptions, congratulate you for staying home, congratulate you for going on multiple retreats a year, congratulate you for taking great physical and mental care of yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, well, how do they know without relationship and asking? And that's a congratulations. Well, and that's, so that is how I, I feel like I can do my job the best. That is how I can do my job the best. Just like if you were to apply it from someone who works outside of the home, right? They, they want to elevate themselves. They want to be the best in their field. They want to be the best in the company. They want to switch positions, whatever it ends up being. You've got to go out and develop yourself. How do you set yourself apart from the pack? How do you elevate yourself? How do you become great at your job? Well, you've got to invest in yourself. And that's what I've chosen to do. And it hasn't, it's, it's, not, it's not as pretty as what it looks like. Yeah, Tulum's awesome. Uh, Peru's awesome. Um, Sedona, uh, Anahata, Anata, and, and Taylor Simpson, who I just, you know, I just connected with. These two women as well have been incredible mentors, incredible just spiritual guides in like pushing me to like do different. Like this isn't, it's not always pretty, right? Like, yes, I might be in the Red Rocks. Yes, I might be at Machu Picchu. But the conversations that take place on these retreats that, that, that really um, set your soul on fire, that really uh, um, provoke you to do more work, they're not pretty conversations. This isn't like, hey, let's go lay by the beach. This is, hey, we're going to talk about deep stuff. Like, how do you want to become your best? You got to look inward. And that's not always an easy thing to do for anyone. For myself, no, it's not been easy. But I've chosen this path, though. I've chosen to say, if I'm going to be the best mother, now, am I going to be the best? I don't, right? None of us are perfect. But if, if I really want to be a, a great mother, a great wife, a great friend, a great sister, a great daughter, I have to invest in myself. I have to be able to do that. Yeah, you know, and it all it always reminds me of uh, the quote, uh, the comment Jerry Rice made when, you know, our dear friend and one of my mentors and coaches, Ben Newman, uh, uh, invested an hour with him. And Jerry looked at Ben and said, how, why would you ever not give 100% when it's 100% your choice? Yes. And I think that's so applicable to a lot of the, the, the things you've shared, you know, intimately within our home. Uh, with friends uh, in social circles, like, look, I just, 
aspirationally want to be the best version of myself. And I am imperfectly doing the best I can. Absolutely. And, and, you know, it is the way that you become the best version of you. And I've learned this, I've learned this. um, I've learned this with pain. I've learned this with hurt. You surround yourself around people who want to be better too. You surround yourself around people like my friend Lex, you know, we talk so much about, okay, so what's this new health thing that we can do? Tell me about, you know, we, we drive back and forth consistently on health, you know, nutrition, um, gym, like that's powerful to me. You can achieve your goals and you can achieve your desires and you can choose, you can achieve evolution and really becoming the best version of you when you surround yourself around people who want to do the same thing. And I got to say, like my relationship with Taylor Simpson, who I met with Anahata in April, the chick is on fire. Like she's going to sit there and tell, no, you're like, she's going to inspire you and she's going to hold you accountable. So you said you have this dream. Let's talk about it. You, you want to achieve this with it. Like, that's, that's the type of people that if you really truly desire to be great, you have to surround yourself around people that want the same things as you. Yeah. And, and, and I know that you've worked really hard to do that. And I just, I, I think of the folks like Val Ecker, like Trish Maley and all these other people who, yes. uh, you know, who have been blessings to have in your life. But I think about like, you know, I get home and you're like, oh, I talked to Val today and this is what we talked about. Right. Or I, 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 I did a session with Trish and enjoy, uh, and, and this is what happened or, you know, so I, I mean, it, it is, uh, you know, we, we always say, Hey, audit your circles. Yes. Right. When, when my circle's been tight and really productive and aspirational and, and, and dream, full of dreamers who are willing to put in the work, I've made great decisions. When yes. my circles have been a little looser, as, as you and I both know, and I've been a little bit more uh, uh, unintentional in, in choices and just kind of going with the current and the flow. Well, what happens when you do that? A lot of times you get banged up. And, and so I think it is important to, to acknowledge that intentionality and the power of intentionality and auditing your circles has been a big reflection of this transformation that you've been on for, for over a decade now. Yes. And, and, and that, that's huge. What you just said, it's huge. And so uh, we're at the noon hour and, and tragically, as you know, um, it's, it's time to transition into a closing. I think this is going to be, uh, I will say it now and my man, Chad Miles will probably uh, very quickly agree. This is going to be part one of a series of conversations with you. Mm-hmm. I thoroughly enjoyed it as imperfect as our journey has been. I love you. Mm. You're incredible. You Mm. are the rising tide that continues to elevate us. And uh, if there was one last thing that you'd want to share with the folks that will listen to this today, what would that be? I would encourage people two things. I would, I would encourage people to take this step to, to do things that are scary, to do things that create fear, because there's a reason why, you know, you feel that way and you need to lean into it. I'd encourage people to lean into healing. Um, it can be approachable. It doesn't have to be deep at the beginning. It's, it's, you're able to, you, you really have an opportunity to do that. I'm here to, 
to, to really help and inspire people. If that becomes something that um, someone would, you know, want to reach out and connect on. And the last thing I would say is that women, please, please, please support one another, <laughs> love on one another. And, and, you know, we need to get out of the mindset of judgment. We need to support one another and whatever your family dynamics, your outside of the homework dynamics, your inside of the homework dynamics, let's really start supporting one another in whatever, um, in, in whatever work you may have in whatever lifestyle choices that you make. And I would just say that I really, really would encourage women to support other women, women that that's important to me. That's really, really important to me. It's what I teach my daughter. It's what I teach my son. Um, my friends can, uh, can attest to it. Like that's an important part of who I am and um, in, in what I hope when I leave this earth that people remember. This was an awesome 40, 50 minutes of straight fire. What is the simplest way for people to reach out to you? Please don't provide your cell phone right now. Besides <laughs> your cell, how can people um, get in touch with you? Instagram. They can send me a note on Instagram, send me an email, um, Samantha underscore Amezqua at Yahoo. For those of you that know us well, you know, my wife has her ringer on 24 seven, all notifications on. I don't have a ringer. I have zero notifications. You wouldn't even think I had a phone. So we, we do experience life differently. So no cell phone. Uh, thank you for sharing that last question. Batman versus Black Widow quickly. Oh, for sure, Black Widow. I mean, I, she... I, I vehemently disagree. I'm actually offended. Uh, we'll end here, and I can't wait for part two. I love you. Have an awesome day, babe.